Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I am David, yes. yes. Uh, I think we, uh, we we ended up with the evil clone of David instead of the regular David. Oh, no! How can you tell which one's which? No, no, I, I am normal, yes. Oh, man. Prove it by transforming. Prove uh, it by having a race. That's right. <laughs> there, I transform. I transform back very quickly. You did not see. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. All right. So today we're looking at the 14th episode of Beast Wars, Double Dinobot. <gasps> Yay! The second in the presumably inadvertent Double D two-parter. Yes. Last episode was uh, Dark Designs. This is Double Dinobot. First aired yeah. November 5th, 1996. And we open at the, the Predacon base. There is lightning and thunder and a screaming pterodactyl overhead. So much pseudoscience jargon being thrown around. It's yes. it's like someone got a writer for Star Trek drunk and just had them make up a bunch of things. Yes, Megatron's yeah. doing science stuff. Scorponok is like his Igor... Yeah, it, it's a very deliberate Frankenstein reference. It's like Megatron is Dr. Frankentron and, and Scorp Igor. And it's weird <laughs> it's because Megatron is taking lead on the science stuff here. How many science guys are on this Predacon ship? Some, apparently. I, I haven't seen Waspinator build anything yet, but I'm sure not, it's coming. And not Pterosaur. No, well, he's too busy, you know, plotting treason. Yeah. Well, badly. Like, oh, I know what Waspinator is building. Tarantulas is Spoilers. explicitly a mad scientist. Scorponok yes. is, is an engineer of some kind. Megatron seems like more of a theoretical scientist. I guess. Or maybe he's a biologist because he's making, he's making, okay, so it's, uh, you know, it's 1996. We had a Jurassic Park movie three years ago. There's another one coming next year. And so Megatron has found bingo dino DNA. <laughs> From somewhere. Yeah, you know. Well, presumably when Dinobot was in the lair yes, last episode. Or just from when he lived there, I guess. Yeah, also, might have had some... So this is interesting because they've... <sighs> okay, something I, I'm not too thrilled about, but that they've established in recent comics, is they can occasionally mention CNA. Yes. Which is, I don't know, cyber-nucleic acid. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Acronyms or apparently do not work it's also that cyber nano algorithms. Maybe, maybe that's it. It's bad. But the point is, they have DNA. Really, this just, again, like, like last episode, so many questions are <laughs> raised in the very basics of the plot of this episode. Although, Hermes I Conrad, in this, this case, this is further is... questions. <laughs> I think this is just the DNA of Dinobot Beast Mode. Yes, it does. Because seem this to clone, uh, Clone One, can't transform. It's just a dinosaur. However, as yeah. we pretty much immediately establish, it can talk. It seems to be as intelligent as Dinobot. Yes. So does it? If it doesn't have any robot parts, then how does it have a sentient... I mean, it, I realize that the whole how can it point of, of Jurassic Park yeah. was that they were pretty smart, but I don't think your your average velociraptor was ever that smart. Well, they they mixed in some frog DNA, because they, they didn't have enough. Oh, okay. From some smart frogs. Yes. Those Budweiser frogs. That's yeah. Right. yeah but, well, wait. Maybe, maybe Kermit. Doesn't he get scanned later in the episode by Sentinel and have a maximal signature? No, he doesn't have an doesn't energy have signature. Yeah, or, he yeah. has no maximal signature. Oh. Or even a Predacon signature. He's, so, I think he's just a dinosaur. Except he's a really smart dinosaur somehow. I mean, it's I mean, possible that they may have... I mean, I wouldn't put it beyond <clears throat> apparent mad scientist Megatron to 
have put some sort of special advanced brain in it so it could carry out the rest of this, but yeah, maybe he has yeah. a robot brain. Yeah, but a you would maybe. think he might have mentioned that. I think it's another one of those again, like last episode, where these are just questions that that are raised that they they really if if they thought too hard about it, they might not have an episode. It's just it, it, it's a twenty five minute show. We gotta sell some action figures. We're not getting too deep into the underpinnings of this standard cartoon plot. Just just go with it. Just yeah. just go with it. And obviously the, the evil double is a very, very standard trope in cartoons. Yes. Cartoons, yeah, comic cartoons. books, everything. You know, it's a science you, fiction standard. You've got your yeah. bizarro, you've got your, your faker from Masters of the Universe. Yes. Uh, the original Transformers series had uh, a prime problem in which the Autobots are bedeviled by a remote-controlled duplicate of Optimus Prime, which... Even Soundwave is bedeviled by it. Megatron Megatron opens up the cloning chamber and he's all, it is Optimus Prime. No, Megatron (laughs) explains to Soundwave, he's like, hey, Soundwave, so I made this duplicate, this remote-controlled duplicate of Optimus Prime, check this out. And he opens up the thing and Soundwave is like, it is Optimus Prime, and starts like, wait, raising his weapon. It's like, were you not listening to anything? <laughs> I mean, I guess he was like, he was listening to something else. He was just sort of like, I was yeah, just yeah. kind of tuning you out. Were you yeah. talking about maybe me making some copies for you? I think we're out of toner. <laughs> this isn't even the only duplicate episode with Scott McNeil in it. Uh, There's an old episode of uh, the newer Outer Limits show that was like in in 2000 or something. Oh yeah, that I specifically remember because there's like these these raptor looking alien dinosaurs voiced by Scott McNeil. (laughs) Does he use the Dinobot voice? Pretty much, yes. Oh, I need to watch this. this Yeah, it's called uh, Think Like a Dinosaur, and it's in one of the later seasons. I should check. I mean, and, they still run that up here in Canada. I should check that out. Yeah, it's it's like I really like the the old outer that Outer Limits show because had some really good episodes. But I don't remember most of the episodes except for like this episode, and I don't remember much other than Scott McNeil is a raptor <laughs> alien, and somehow there's a cloning thing that go, or a teleportation thing that goes wrong, and there's a clone of a woman created. Oh, so hey. Scott McNeil has has been a raptor. In a cloning episode in two different series. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this. Megatron so, has made a dino clone. You're right, and it, it can't transform. No. No, because um, it doesn't have any robot parts, despite having no. the intelligence of a Cybertronian. Yes. And, uh, yeah, Megatron says, send in the clone, which, oh... Yeah, that's not oh. even going to be the only clone pun this episode, unsurprisingly. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, so and I like that when when he well, I guess explain their scheme here. Yeah, the the scheme is they're going to send this to the maximal base and they're going to use it to disable Sentinel so they can just bust into the Axelon. But first, they have to send right. Pterosaur out to kill the real Dinobot. Which why Pterosaur and why only Pterosaur? But like I, maybe I send really... two guys. Tarantulas yeah. isn't in this episode. Maybe send him to. Or at least send Waspinator with, with yeah, Pterosaur. Yeah, Waspinator would work. They can both so, fly. The one yeah. thing before that scene ends, I really like when the Dinobot clone walks off and says, as you command, mighty Megatron. Megatron's got the most satisfied smile. <laughs> and it just lingers. The camera just lingers on Megatron sitting there like, I don't know, like he used to have dirty dreams about Dinobot that he's now... <laughs> Remembering again, this is, this Maybe, is the uh, best. Next time I'll make two. Yeah, yeah. this one's loyal. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's some really good Megatron like mugging to the camera in this episode. He just looks really, really happy with himself. <laughs> oh, it gets better later. After he's after the the clone Dinobot, you know, expresses loyalty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so meanwhile, and only Parasaur is sent to take out Dinobot. And he kind of does. He buries him in this cavern mountain thing. Oh, yeah. He chases him down. Dinobot's bored, so he follows suit. 
And, yeah, the main uh, thing I really got from this scene is I kind of like the, how they had little clusters of gnats or something flying around here. I thought that was neat. Yeah, yeah it was very pretty. Cool stuff. Yeah. So he uh, he gets back to the uh, the maximal base and uh, impersonating the real Dinobot who is buried, presumed dead, although, of course, Pterosaur didn't check because Pterosaur. Yeah. Is this Dirk Dinobot? <laughs> And, and he has some very vague warnings about a Predacon attack. That we have to check out right now. It's still better than in a Prime problem where Prime immediately starts getting his Autobot's names wrong. So, yes. so there's that. And then ordering them into a, ca- into a canyon full of death crystals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yes, Dinobot comes, the fake Dinobot comes and tells them about a threat that they have to check on right away. And when Optimus is suggesting that, you know, we might want to have some patience and check this out, he's like, no! Now! There's no time, we have to do it now. And also, do it now. The clone okay. is also doing some Megatron-level dinosaur hand acting here. It's yeah. he is wildly it's so gesticulating. He does flail about more than Dinobot actually does. Dinobot just usually points every once in a while. This one's like full on flipping his hands and shrugging his shoulders a lot, which looks weird. Yeah. Okay, I totally dinosaurs can anatomically do that. Yeah. I totally yeah, forgot I, the best part of the episode. Megatron, before he sends Dinobot off after Pterosaur is back, is just kind of petting him, scratching him on the head. Like, yes. Good boy, good boy. <laughs> yeah, yes, all, he's yeah. giving him head scratches. There he is, my little guy. Thank you. <laughs> Spoilers for season three. That happens. <laughs> it does. So, so, yeah, Primal is, I guess, working on the computer and sends Rat Trap, who is inside the computer, I guess, plugging stuff oh, in. Him popping yeah. out is just the best. That, that's yes. weird, because... Cause it's the center console in, in their uh, bridge area, and mm-hmm. Primal was messing around with it, and then, like, like a trash can lid flips open, and in the center of the donut, Rat Trap just pops out. Yeah. It's like he's Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, fake Dinobot and this Rat Trap go to this lava-filled zone where the Predacons allegedly are. Uh, he kind of cheats himself. He kind of talks his way out of transforming once he's there. Which should have been your first hint, because Dinobot's first instinct is never not attack them immediately. <laughs> yeah, that should have been a dead giveaway. And also, Rattrap uses Settle into the Metal, which is a line so bad they should have given it to Cheetor. <laughs> yeah, that was Cheetor level. Uh, so many pun- I forgot there are so many puns in the show. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And unfortunately, Rattrap makes the mistake of crossing a bridge, and... What I said last time about bridges in Beast Wars stands, never cross a bridge in Beast Wars. Yeah, no, and especially not, th- this bridge is a giant log, like, out of King Kong. Suspended Kong's over lava, thing. that's a terrible idea. Yeah, Maybe it's, it's just not just jumped. suspended over, like, killer killer giant bugs, it's lava. Don't go I'm going lava. to, I'm, I'm going to, again, headcanon here that Rat Trap has just grown to trust Dinobots so much at this point that that he is willing to walk over this precariously placed log over a river of lava because Dinobot says it's okay. Their relationship has progressed to that level of trust despite their picking on each other. That's true, but it it does kind of feel too early for that still. Because, like, they're still feeling each other out. I think Rat Trap would still be, no, you go first. Yeah. Well, as it turns out, his trust was misplaced because he just yes. totally gets – he kicks this uh, this bridge out, and he plummets to his death. Yes, Three times apparently. over. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Meanwhile, Dinobot is alive. The real Dinobot. <gasps> oh! Yay! Such pretty sparkly moats in that, in that cave. Yes. It's very nice. I mean, so someone had to sit there and program those, so I'm, I'm going to be impressed. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I mean, how many no, times no. Red Trap should have died there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. The log falls, and then it gets caught. That should have been the first time he died. And then the log burns away and drops him again. That's the second time he should have died. And then Rat Trap lands on a piece of rock, solid, 
that hasn't melted in the lava, which should be the third time he died because he lands on his head and his body <laughs> <Yeah>. bends backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's so lucky, but he's lucky in a wily coyote kind of way. Yeah. Th- this is like a long series of Pratt Falls, and you, I almost expected, like, Dinobot should have made the, the Roadrunner noise. <laughs> I kind of expected a reprise of that surfing music from Better Mousetrap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because there is lava surfing. Again. Yeah. Again. Yay, surfing. Yeah, and Rad Trap at this point, he's a regular Norin Rad. <laughs> yeah, if he ever gets back to Cybertron, he's going to be a surfing champion. Yes. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's Optimus Primal who ends up the uh, the show's only uh, vehicle mode surfer. Canon surfer. So he's he's lava surfing, and the fake Dinobot goes back to the Axelon. He's putting on his best show of having been beat up or whatever. It tells him that Rattrap is trapped, and so now Optimus Primal, you go save him. Don't worry about me. I'll I'll get to the uh, the thing myself. Yeah, get to the, the R chamber. Just leave me alone in the our unguarded base because Rhinox and Cheetor are out doing stuff. Yeah, the, the Dino clone is dragging himself across the floor. He's really yeah. hard it's like, no, no, I hope you put in, I'll put you in the CR chamber. No, 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 go. You, you go without me. I'll, I'll get in there. Fine. I'm, I'm fine. There's I'm no fine. time. Can't follow you, but I'm fine. I'll, I'll put myself in the CR chamber. I won't destroy the base while you're gone. There's no time. I basically love that this episode's structure has been imposter shows up, tells a lie, lie is busted, leaves, kills someone, goes back, tells the exact same <laughs> lie. It succeeds. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's one person that uh, the clone can't trick, and that's Sentinel, because he doesn't have Dinobot's password. Yeah. And man, do not forget your password on the Axelon. That's <laughs> yeah, just I, shocking him all over the place. I, I have I to say that electric it. shots for failed password attempts is the best two-factor identification out there. I, I have approve. to assume that was Rat Trap's idea. Yeah. It was probably just for Dinobot identified people failing to authenticate. Can't you just send me? My, can't you just send me an email? <laughs> Ask me, uh, you know, what my what, what my mother's maiden name is. <laughs> also, I want to know what he what he tried the first time. Was he just like, ah, oh, they're they're a bunch of cowards, that's fluffy bunnies? I'm thinking more like like ABC one two three password. What would the real Dinobots passwords be? <laughs> Coward. Traitor. <laughs> Honor. I, I bet he just typed in Megatron is the best. <laughs> that's, the, that's the ultimate password. Megatron no, number one. I also love that he's complaining that Megatron said this would be easy, and Megatron did not suggest this might be a problem at all. Megatron did not say at any point he was going to have to hack anyone's password. He was going to have to brute force someone's password through electric shocks. That reminds me, is the font on the Maximal computer the same one we've had so far, or is this a new one? I think that's the same Cybertronics font, yes. Okay. There are apparently translations of it on the wiki. Ooh, fancy. Uh, apparently the word, um, one, of th- one of those things says Merv Griffin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a decent password guess as anything. <laughs> Dinobot loves that show. That must be his password. Yeah. <laughs> Why? And yet here, the, the, it does recognize, Sentinel does recognize him as Dinobot, but there's no energy signature. So, yeah, I think he's just a dinosaur. Oh. Just an incredibly smart dinosaur with Dinobot's personality. He does come on, get up, and get on the floor. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That's a good point. So Optimus Primal and Chudor, uh, you know, they can't find Rattrap, but luckily Rattrap, after what I think is actually kind of a neat bit where he's hopping up a lava waterfall. Yeah, from yes. rock to rock. It, it, again, yep. it's another video game level. Yeah. Yeah. And then it doesn't work that gets, way, but it's cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he gets up on a ledge, a ledge that looks like it's about to break off, to be honest, and, and puts a bomb under a rock and rides the rock upward as the bomb goes off. I don't think that works. No. <laughs> I, grenade I, jumping I, from Team Fortress Classic. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you can do that in Doom or something, but... Uh, it seems like a bad idea. It works. Oh, it does work. Right. And, yeah, he finds uh, Cheetor and Primal, who tell him that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we left Dinobite in the base, alone. And uh, now it's time for 
Rat Trap to steal Primal's catchphrase. Yeah. Yep. That's 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 our big uh, act ending closer with uh, dramatic music over it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I missed a good quote back uh, when Dinobot just showed up on the ship. Optimus will rue the day he left this clone alone. Uh, uh, programmed with puns. Uh-huh. Well, Megatron programmed him, so. That seems authentically Dinobot, though. It's vaguely Shakespearean. I suppose. Or, you know, Susian. <laughs> Alright, so, yeah, Dinobot's made his way back to the base, turns off Sentinel, and this makes the clone believe that he's successfully guessed the password. <laughs> My god, I guess it was Megatron rules. I guess it shocks you even if it's successful. Yes. <laughs> so he calls in Megatron, and we're getting a lot of clone tongue in this episode. He's making weird raptor noises and sort of clicking his tongue. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a robot form. He yeah, he's identifies got more expressive. His, yeah. Yeah, he's more flapping his jaw, not gums. And then the, the tongue wiggling, so much tongue wiggling. It's yes. Naughty. <laughs> so he does this, I, and then we get the mirror gag. Oh, <laughs> it's delightful. This is actually pretty fun. Yeah. I'm, my favorite part about it is they didn't just mirror the animations. No, because there's a few slightly different spots, like when the cl- is it the clone looks back over one shoulder, Dinobot looks further over his shoulder. Yeah. yeah That's it, yeah. It's pretty great. And I then also they love that the Dinobot's clones. entering through a different entrance. Did he climb up through the toilet? Just for the heck of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, awesome. he must use the entrance Megatron used when he uh, broke into the ship and kicked everybody's butt yeah. a few episodes ago. Yeah. Back entrance. That, that hole that he blew in the ship is actually still there. <laughs> Oops. We should probably put, like, a piece of plywood over that or something. Maybe. Yeah. So, so any, anyway, um, at, at this moment, they, they, the clone figures out, oh, that, that's actually Dinobot, and, and, and it's like, my brain was thinking, Blue, no, don't fight Delta! Your family. <laughs> they had to send Primal in to do the uh, the, the Pratt keeping pose. Yes. <laughs> that would have also been the perfect opportunity to do the which ones are the real one shtick. They yeah. should have a race. Yeah, we we don't have at no point does anybody in the episode see the two Dinobots at once. Yeah, and so well, we actually right. end up avoiding most of the ridiculous interactions that tend to accompany this particular... Yeah, well, tell me something only the real Dinobot would know, which would be pretty easy, because, like, what's Dinobot's password? <laughs> <laughs> but that, that wouldn't work anyway because of what happens. There's a fight. Dinobot would just attack the other dinosaur. They should have a race. Whereas the fake Dinobot would be, no, no, he, he's really the clone, and Dinobot would just rip his throat out. They should always have a Why would you have a race with Optimus Prime? <laughs> Not like he's someone like Blur, who's known for being super fast, who has a speed that might be def- He's a semi-truck. <laughs> just ask them to identify, quick, what's my name? <laughs> Silver, so clearly you're Silver Streak. (laughs) Uh, He's programmed to uh, not violate trademark. Get him. (laughs) He's a knockoff. That's why he's got all those chrome weapons, and he's he's, uh, proclaimed himself to be future robot warrior. (laughs) But to be fair, that just might be a Takara release. Uh, so anyway, they uh, they fight. Uh, it's kind of a Dinobot finds out that the clone can't transform, and so he decides to fight him in beast mode because Dinobot is a man of honor, and I, the clone is not. I really like my favorite thing about that is that he could have just dispatched him. Oh yeah, he could have just taken care of him. But no, they have to tear up the control room. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting. There's so much property damage Dinobot could have just avoided. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's great that, and... you know, it's great that you're honorable and all, uh, Dinobot, but, you know, that was made of glass. Where do you think <laughs> the nearest glacier is? <laughs> well, they do have that lava field right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's near yeah. They just melt some sand. 
It's uh-huh. kind of a good fight, but since they are actually identical, you really can't it's tell them apart tell half the time. Me. Yes. Like, the the clone wiggles his tongue more, but aside from that, I, I think the clone is the one that uses his tail as prehensile to yes. throw things. And some. then it's Dinobot who uses the, like, chair controls to yeah. hurdle the clone at him. And then it's the clone who uses, like, he drops a periscope or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's in the room. Which clonks uh, Dinobot in the head. <laughs> yes. And so then uh, the clone is off. Well, going to go see Megatron now. I'll just leave you here unconscious. Apparently. Sort of. Yeah. Well, well, it cuts and, and just Megatron's there. And, and, and then a Dinobot comes out to meet Megatron. Megatron... Is so excited he wiggles his little arms up and down. Yeah. You, you can actually see the the animate they animated his shoulders moving. Mm-hmm. So his little shoulder wiggle. I thought that was like a nice touch. Although, and Megatron just goes alone. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Again, it's like, why alone in this episode? There aren't that many voice actors in this episode. It's like half of them took a day off. And he may he may just have to clone all his troops. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, so you know, well. you want troops who are just animals who can't transform. Would that really yeah. be worse in the case of Scorpionok? I mean, you wouldn't have cyber bees. Yeah. You'd have less guns, but if you make more than one, that'd actually be a good thing. They could thing. just make like a clone. I guess it depends. I mean, again, there must just be not enough stuff there to make another clone. Yeah, it did seem like an intensive process. Although, th- he will clone Dinobot again in the future. Yes. A couple of times. <laughs> well, it, it almost worked out. I, I am personally deciding that Megatron just has a huge crush on Dinobot. That does seem like the most reasonable conclusion. Kind of, yes. yeah. They picked similar beast modes. That means he likes me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is kind of a, well, the way the fandom has decided G1 Megatron and Starscream work. Uh, like, yeah. He hates me, but I kind of like having him around. That is not a healthy relationship. <laughs> no. no. It's so not. It, it, it's less a hurt comfort fic and more of a hurt assault fic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's a hurt dance on your grave fic. Yeah. So, yep, he tells him that, uh, you know, he can, uh, Megatron just walk right into the base, and then he turns the shield back right, right back on. Which? Clocking Megatron into the mud. Like, what? Oh, why? Okay, so this is this is actually the real Dinobot, not the clone Dinobot. The yes, spoiler. In the fight he just had with his clone, he fought honorably in the same mode. And now he does a sneaky trick of pretending to be the clone just to trick Megatron to walking into a defense grid. Well, well they I guess were... there's... How does that honor or what? Subterfuge gets subterfuge in return. Yeah. They were equals but before. At least he and the dinosaur like, were equals. Stab him in the back or something? It stab him in the back is way worse. This is, you know, yeah. it, this, get, walking into that shield just knocks him over for a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't kill him. It just throws him backwards into a pile of dung. It gets big I think that's just mud. CD. I think it was just CG clump ah. mud. Yeah, it, hey, it does kind of look like poop. Rat trap is eating them gray apples. They gotta come out somewhere. <laughs> Ew. Well, that's just horrifying. Yeah, and, and Primal's not letting him do that in the base. You, the toilet's broke. Megatron blew a hole in that. You have to go outside now. <laughs> outside the grid. Great <laughs> poops. Alright, so. Megatron is wise. It's time for them to have a BMO war. Yay! Yay! The Kamehameha versus the Gallic Gun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally a Dragon Ball energy battle. They're, they're pushing back and forth with, with uh, Megatron's mouth ray and Dinobot's eye beams. It's pretty good. I, I, I like that he's firing his eye beams so hard, vent or smoke is coming out of the little vents on his head. Yeah, that's yes. Oh, yeah. They handled that detail, but they still didn't keep his eye beams from clooping through his eyebrows. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, On the other hand, Megatron stomping into the ground with his claw tail is awesome. That is great. Racing himself. But before this uh, BMO war can reach its conclusion, the rest of the Maximals show up and Megatron chased off. Yeah. Megatron blasting off again. Yes. Yep. And back at the base, Rattrap is still not quite buying this whole clone thing, because where's this clone? <laughs> Dinobot ate him. 
made a person. <laughs> he was a handsome fellow and quite tasty. And then he takes a little bit of him out of his teeth and flicks it at Primal. <laughs> Primal says, you're disgusting. That's a friggin' nightmare. And then Dinobot lets out a huge burp. <laughs> yeah, and, and Cheetor actually gives a thumbs up. He's got a weird expression on his face, but he still gives a thumbs up. <laughs> Maybe he's afraid that if he doesn't approve, he'll be next. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that's great, Dinobot. That's real cool. I'm going to be over here away from yeah. you. So that that might be the smartest thing Cheetor's ever done. <laughs> yeah, that, that cannibalism's cool. Actually, yeah. uh, the two uh, cannibals on the team are Cheetor and Dinobot. It's true. Yeah. And I guess that uh, that is, you know, well, this is such a standard plot, I don't think any cartoon has ever resolved it in that fashion. <laughs> no, no. no. D- direct wolf. Okay, no, is it no. cannibal? Definitions of cannibalism are weird with non-human species, but sentient dinosaur eats other sentient dinosaur. That's cannibalism. I, I don't think it's cannibalism because, as we'll find out in the next episode, that clone was kind of missing something. Yes. So well, it's not cannibalism, but it's... Well, it's like eating a zombie. Or it's like <laughs> eating one of those uh, one of those Planet of the Apes apes. Well, no, but it's like he ate him in his... He ate the dinosaur in his dino mode, so... That's at least half cannibalism. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like if a werewolf eats a wolf while it's in werewolf mode. Yes, yes. There's really no appropriate metaphor for this, but it's super weird. Yeah, like eating yes, a pod yes. person. Yes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. A clone. It's 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 super weird. It is the weirdest ending. It's the weirdest ending so far, even weirder than, than all the, the ones that end on just laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, that's standard cartoon stuff. Most yeah. cartoons don't involve your heroes eating people. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's probably the weirdest ending of any Beast Wars episode. I'm going to say it's the weirdest ending of any Transformer <laughs> show, period. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that. I can't think of a weirder one. I can't. I'm I, sure there's although I can think easier. of a weirder one, but I can't think of a weirder one that's more interesting. I can't yeah. think of a weirder one that actually makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of things, John, yeah. that just made no sense whatsoever, and I don't oh, yes. think it counts. Yeah. I know most Energon episodes don't end, they just stop. Yeah. yeah. That is true. <laughs> it's been tw- we've been shooting each other for 20 minutes, now we're going to stop. Yeah, Join us next week for 20 more minutes of this. <laughs> Kill yourself. Your episodes, but <laughs> but most kicker, of kicker, are- our planet's kicker. <laughs> Most of those are like snowballing of weird. This is just like normal standard, and and then go makes this weird right turn. BT dubs. I ate a guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dinobot! That wacky Dinobot. <laughs> and I mean, and that does lend more credence to the idea that he's just a dinosaur, because you know, I don't think Dinobot can eat metal. Yeah. 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 So, at most, the it, it had a cyborg implant to make it smarter or something. That's what he picked his teeth with. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Garfield, where's Odie? I don't know. Burp. <laughs> Superman, did you take care of Bizarro? Oh yeah. He was delicious. I I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need some time alone and some more ketchup. Oh, that's where Abu Dhabi is. Yes. <laughs> And I guess we will find out next season that he did keep a part of him. Yeah. Yeah, there's spoilers, a, there's a skin yeah. hanging up in Dinobot's room. Yeah. <laughs> Skills aren't tasty. He had to keep a, a memento. Yeah. Also, this, he, Dinobot just ate the entirety of something. <laughs> of he, he ate his whole mass. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I assume the bones are still somewhere, too. Yeah, yeah, that is the question. What happened to the bones? Did he, uh, did he crack them open like a hyena? <laughs> Are they just going to find them somewhere? <laughs> is some paleontologist going to be very confused by the presence of, uh, you know, four million year old dinosaur bones? Man, now I really wish there was a Beast Wars follow-up series set in present day just for that episode. Yes. Just, just like a, 
a, a Transformers episode without any Transformers, just as paleontologist finds a skeleton that's only from a few, like a million years ago. It's like, wait, what? And they've got teeth marks wrong. on. Yeah, teeth marks. And and what? And what is this cyborg implant? And I'm so like confused. He, it looks like he used metallic implements to cut him up. <laughs> and also, Megatron was already on his way. He ate him super fast. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we don't know how much time really took place. We don't Although, know how much of him he ate. He maybe put the rest of him in his room. Yeah. They're just gonna open like a in the fridge in his room on the ship. <laughs> just entrails yeah. fall so, out. From we previous fridge, episodes, right? we, know that, we know the Predacons can walk to the base in like five minutes or well, something. And the Maximals so, were already headed back there. Yeah, so, and he beat up me. Uh, I mean, I, he, and I guess maybe raptors are like anacondas, and he just swallowed them whole, but then, <laughs> like, how much of his insides are devoted to robot parts? <laughs> so, so, okay, so he couldn't have eaten all of it, but he still... Uh, and I guess uh, we know he didn't swallow him whole because there's bits of him stuck in his teeth. Yeah, and there's the skin. And I'm just imagining Dinobot and Cheetor having ribs every day for the next week, while the <laughs> other Maximals just kind of look at them, kind of creeped out. These episodes uh, any, raise so anyone many. Anyone want questions. some gray apples? This is <laughs> the, the, these philosophical questions should not be raised about a main character in a cartoon for kids to sell toys. <laughs> I disagree. They totally should. Because this is great. <laughs> it is great. It's good for us, but... Oh. How many children did this mess up a little? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would have seen awesome. this when I was 11, so... How messed up are you? Uh, I mean, I've never tried to eat anybody. Well, you've <laughs> never met a clone of you. you know, I you're... still probably wouldn't eat him. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he has the hide preserved means that there was, like, butchering involved. Yeah. He cut this guy into chops. Yeah. And um, then I guess he, like, preserved that hide somehow. Yeah, well, he's learned painting. Int- picked up a trade. Do not interrupt <laughs> Me- Dinobot during his private time. <laughs> so what's the best cut of meat on a Dinobot? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a Velociraptor, so it's basically a bird. So, obviously, the best parts would be the oysters. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, we want to be a part with a lot of meat, and he does wiggle his arms a lot. Maybe the breast? <laughs> I mean, I prefer dark meat myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, let's go with drumsticks. Drumsticks are probably really good. They're big, but... Well, mm. huge drumsticks. Look at the thighs on that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, oh, yeah, of I mean, course. again, this is, there's no sign of that clone, so he ate everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his rigid grill structure must have been tasty. Dinobot, you are disgusting. Yeah. So, yeah, that this episode, it's pretty standard until the last 30 seconds, at which point it becomes Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's actually kind of a bad episode because, like, the last episode was like a standard cartoon. There's there's a double. You get switched personality, whatever MacGuffin. This one, it's like, oh, there's a double. Things happen, but it's kind of a dull, even by that standard. I mean, Scott McNeil yeah. doesn't get to be like hilariously evil in this. Yeah, because most of the time he's just kind of pretending to be regular dynamite. Yeah, yeah. So Scott McNeil gets to have some fun, but. It's, but not a lot really happens. It's like most of it is like taken up by like rat trap at the lava, his his goofing around there. Uh the pterosaur and dinobot fight at the beginning that's kind of boring. The raptor on raptor fight, that's pretty interesting. But yes. like half the episode is is these little action scenes. There's not yeah. a lot of dialogue. There there's nothing really to recommend it until the end of the episode. And then cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, okay, I think it's this... a long setup for the craziest punchline. Yeah. Yes. But not the worst punchline we'll get in a Beast Wars episode. No. no. <laughs> That's it. All right, That's so, a little since, later this season. Yeah. So that should do it for Double Dinobot. But since uh, you know there wasn't a whole lot to talk about in this episode, I, I thought that since we're now halfway through the uh, first season of Beast Wars, the ending talk... credits actually changed. Oh, right. Right. Because, uh, well, before it was like the little clips of the, the very second episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Black Text. 
Yeah, now it's yes. just black text, longer song, longer credits. Uh-huh. So now, so now we're halfway through the first season, and... Why don't we talk about how this was received in the fandom at the time? I mean, this was sort of like the, the dawn of the internet as far as a thing that everybody has access to goes. Not yeah. everybody. I mean, not everybody, but, you know, you could usually find it at your public library, uh, as I did around this time. My, yeah. My library had computers? As of when this aired, I did not have internet access yet, but I would get it within the next six months. Yeah, and and it was a, you know, we're past the time when it's just like guys on military computers talking to each other about, I don't know, episodes of Star Trek or something. Yeah. Anyway, so by this time, there had already, you know, there was already a Transformers fan community that, uh, you know, they, you know, they got... Uh, they got Generation 2, so they, they had that toy line and repackaged G1 episodes and 12 issues of a comic. Yeah. And then they got something completely different. How'd they take it? Jen, you're, you're our Ooh. ATT expert. Well, I, I mentioned a little bit before that, you know, way back at the beginning, that in, in general, people had a lot of concerns, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I personally, I'll say I was, like I said, I didn't have internet access at this point, uh, but I would have it within the next six months. Uh, but I was involved with the fanzine community. Uh, I had been going to, I had been to two bot cons at that point. Uh, so I I got to see, once I did get internet access, I, of course, caught up and saw what had been going on with, with the community regarding Beast Wars. Uh, at this point, I would say, like I like I said uh, last episode, we mentioned the first uh, fan mention on the show, which was Waspinator declaring himself to be Wonko the Sane, which at the time was the Alt Toys Transformers handle for a fan named Ben Yi. Uh, ben Yi had also been involved in the fan community prior to Beast Wars. Uh, at this point. Beast Wars is really his, you know, what what he's best known for his involvement with. I do have some old uh, old fanzine in my fanzine file somewhere that has uh, some comic he did involving Transformers and Death's Head 2. And <laughs> so he, he was involved in earlier stuff as well. Uh, so he was really the biggest proponent of Beast Wars when it started up. Uh, there are there were people here and there. Uh, his website, this was sort of at the point, and, and I'll say once once uh, we reached the point where there were people who were involved with the fandom who had never been on Alt Toys Transformers, I felt super old and terrible. Uh, but at that point, there were websites starting up with message boards for this new and exciting thing at that point. Uh, and... Ben's was one of the first message boards that had a lot of Beast Wars stuff. So there were a lot of the people who were fans of Beast Wars would be on Alt Toys Transformers and Ben's site. Of course, there got to be a point eventually where you would be on Alt Toys Transformers and the AllSpark or on Alt Toys Transformers and TFW 2005. And then eventually it got to be the point where people weren't on Alt Toys Transformers, which is sad, but that's sort of how technology works. Uh, and at this point, I think we're really seeing a sunsetting of message boards as a place for people to go to. Uh, so a lot of people who were very pro Beast Wars sort of rallied, you know, with, with him and his website, his message boards, uh, I think by this point in the series, people were sort of starting to warm up to it. Uh, I know I personally, as as I said uh, back at the beginning of the podcast, not this episode, but the series, I had some issues with Beast Wars when I started at, when it started out because I didn't like the idea of of them having organic parts because as a very sort of weird, eccentric, sci-fi nerd teenager, I, I felt that they were superior beings for their mechanical natures, and by giving them these organic parts, you were giving them organic weaknesses, <laughs> and... So, so what, you were like a teenage Ultron? I was kind of like that, yeah. 
I mean, I was I was really looking forward to the day where I could have my parts replaced with cyborg parts. Uh, but it was I was I was a weird teenager. I was I was weird. Not that I'm much less weird, but at least I'm more self-conscious about it. Uh, so as of this point, I had certainly started warming up to the show. And I think that that mirrored how a lot of fans felt about it. Uh, that was this was where the of course, not surprisingly, this is where the whole mo- truck, not monkey idea comes from. That you had old school fans who were very upset about the idea of Optimus Primal being a monkey and not a truck, even though he was clearly a different character. (laughs) I think, too, it helped. I would say that the Beast Wars show helped a lot of the old old time G1 fans become comfortable with the concept of Beast Wars as a whole. Because, for instance, Optimus Primal was not Optimus Prime, which he had been on the packaging for the original Bat toy. Yes. Uh, the fact that this was something that was separate from the original enough to not be changing it. I mean, this was something that, you know, there's there's the whole saying that, oh, well, you know, what whatever new stuff comes along doesn't take away your old stuff. Uh, which sadly I have found does not apply to MMORPGs. Uh, <laughs> but whatever old stuff, you know, whatever new stuff comes along doesn't take away your old stuff. And Beast Wars was something that established itself without trampling on any of the old stuff. And eventually it became something that paid proper respect and homage to the old stuff. So I think at mm-hmm. this, by halfway through the first season, a lot of the more reasonable people were starting to be won over. Uh, they weren't necessarily fans of Beast Wars over G1, uh, but they were, you know, they were watching the show, they were enjoying it, they were enjoying the characters, they were enjoying the voice acting. So I think at this point, the the more reasonable members of the fandom, uh, Dave Van Domlin, Steve Stonebreaker, uh, assorted others, not Raksha, I like Raksha. I I do. I'm I'm friends with her on Facebook. Uh but needless to say she was a hardliner against Beast Wars. Uh she is someone who's primarily known for being a big proponent of the idea that the Decepticons are an oppressed minority. Uh so which I think personally she would like the IDW stuff uh if she if she gave it a chance. I don't think she has last I heard from her on Facebook, but I think she would. Yeah, but she was more in the camp of just not watching Beast Wars. Yeah, she was pretty firmly opposed to Beast Wars. Yeah. So uh, so I, there was more like just not paying like yeah, I'm not going to watch Beast Wars than active eight aimed at it. Well, what, uh, you know, so. I think she I think she did watch some of it. Uh I know uh, her good friend Skyflight, uh, whose name was actually Bert Ward, so we called him Skyflight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and he uh, sadly is no longer with us, uh, but he was, you know, one of her closest friends and one of people who agreed with her most in these things. But he watched the show. He really liked Black Arachnia, which you know. We we will go into at some point Black Arachnia as female character mm-hmm. uh, once she actually does something worthwhile on the show. Possibly when we get to the Spark, which I believe is the next episode. That is correct. Uh, so I know that uh, even even often the people who were opposed to it would watch it because it was the thing that was there. I mean, keep in mind that. Even I, you know, I started watching it even though I hated the idea at the beginning. I watched it when the pilot aired in April before the series started in earnest. I never missed watching, I never missed an episode of a Transformers show until like towards the very end of the original Robots in Disguise and some episodes at the tail end of Energon. So, which I, I think I could be forgiven for. I mean, there's just so that, a lot that, less transform. There's just a lot less Transformers fiction out there. You know, you yeah, had your so, Beast Wars show, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time, if you were a Transformers fan, whether you you at the very least you would hate watch the new show, <laughs> and I'm sure that's where a lot of people started off. I'm sure when it started, a lot of the people who you know were the old school fans were sort of hate watching it that turned into a love watch. 
because it, it did eventually get, you know, even like I said, a lot of people, I would say that there were a lot of people who started coming into the fandom with Beast Wars. Uh, I think they started coming in around the time when I personally got the internet. Uh, so while I had been around before, a lot of people started coming in with Beast Wars. Uh, David Willis, for instance, wasn't really involved with much of anything. Uh, as far as Transformers goes, you know, he had, he had loved the original show, but he didn't get involved with the fan community until Beast Wars. Uh, and a lot of other people really started popping up at that point. Uh, and the fandom really started growing, and it was mostly these people who were, you know, late high school, early college age, who had remembered Transformers when they were kids, forgotten about it through their high school years, and not been weird teenagers who insisted that machines were the future. And... But saw Beast Wars and were like, hey, this is the new Transformers thing. This is kind of cool. So it was the other thing about trans with uh, Beast Wars was it was the fandom's first experience with a massive shift like that. The difference between G1 and G2 was a small enough difference compared to, to Beast Wars that G2 often gets lumped in with G1 now. And apart from the aesthetic distinctions that make that made G2 what it was uh, the aesthetic distinctions that set it firmly in the early 90s uh, apart from that G2 is really just considered part of G1 for all intents and purposes Beast Wars was really where the first big change was and you did have people who were gun not tank over Megatron <laughs> but that was a much smaller that was a much lower key outrage than truck not monkey yeah, because uh, it just had toys and a comic book that didn't last that long, and I completely missed. Yeah, there wasn't as much. There wasn't a whole new cartoon. Also, a tank is kind of just a gun on treads. Yeah. How I justified it—that was—I was like, "Well, he's he's still a gun. He's just a gun that moves around now." Oh uh, but every time people enter a fandom with a specific show or series, comic or whatever. The first big change, all those people who just came into it are going to freak out. It's funny because I saw this on sort of a small scale with, and I'm, I'm not using Tumblr in a derisive way here, but the Tumblr fans who came in with Transformers Animated, you had a lot of younger women and some guys, but it seemed to be a lot of younger women coming in with Transformers Animated, and that's when you really started to see... A lot of the, I'd say like the, the more casual cosplay, the people doing the cosplay that was like humanized versions of their outfits, you know, having a, a outfit that was like starscream colored, but with little wings pinned to the back. And that, that more creative sort of cosplay that was less cardboard boxes. Because of course the the original card the original Transformers cosplay was mostly just cardboard boxes, but you started having that community come in with Transformers animated, uh, and I got to watch on Tumblr as those people had to deal with the changeover to Prime, and of course there was all this fussing and whining and gnashing of teeth over Prime, and it was the exact same thing. That every fan went through when, you know, the, the series went to its next iteration. But with Beast Wars, that was the first iteration, that was the first big changeover any of us had been through. Yeah. So it was, it was that, that thing on, that phenomenon on the scale of the entire fandom. To be fair, the fandom was tiny. Yeah. Well, it, it had the advantage at the time that the internet wasn't what it is now. Everybody connected. It was only a few people in the fandom were there starting the fandom at the time. And I think one of the biggest, you were saying something about the internet being, you know, mostly military people sitting around talking about Star Trek. At the point when Beast Wars came out, many of the people who had internet access were college students. They would go to college... And they would have internet access. Uh, so a lot of, and, and that may be a lot of why the fandom started expanding at that point was that it coincided with when, A, when you had this good new show on, 
but B, when all the G1 kids were going to college and suddenly having internet access. I mean, Alt Toys Transformers was pretty much founded on people's college internet access in the early 90s, because, of course, in the early 90s, it, it was mostly college students. So that's that's the, the fandom at, as of midway through season one was getting over those first teething pains. It was it was coming to accept the new show and even though you had, you know, some very stalwart old school fans who didn't like it, even though you had some very stalwart old school fans who liked it but not as much, it was really growing in acceptance by this point. And that would only get better as the show got better. Yeah, it hit at the right time. Like like you said, it's like ten years later, they're in college. That's enough time for new fans to come in. It's it's different enough because it's all beasts, mm-hmm. and and as it's coming in now, it's starting to tie into G one bit by bit. Yeah. So it is the same continuity, but it's far enough away, set was, off in its own little corner. It was really interesting because back in the day, <laughs> back in the old days, we only really had two continuities that mattered. <laughs> Yes. And by gosh, we put down our stakes and we fought over them. It was <laughs> yeah. the comic continuity and the cartoon continuity. And I I was in, in a funny place of knowing the cartoon continuity extensively because that's what I had the most access to, but liking the comic continuity more. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't really discover the comics until I was in high school uh, and got them at like used bookstores and comic shop back issue bins. Uh, but the nice thing, I think one of the best things that Beast Wars did as far as the fandom went is that it never took sides in that. It left it open enough. It took place in this vague 300 years in the future, but years by what calendar that it wasn't directly referencing any specific events. And that made it so that both sides could accept it into our personal preferred canon. And I think that was a, a good move on their part. Yeah. And, and whether, the whether intentional or not. The, the entire Transformers fandom, because it, it started with the two fan, the two, the, the comics and the animated series is like, like GI Joe did, but well, there also, also the, the find UK. your fate. And there were the covers. Oh. <laughs> and, and there's the UK comics. There uh, was, well, the UK comics were considered part of the comics canon the same way the Japanese yeah. cartoon was considered part of the cartoon canon. Yeah, it was the apocrypha, basically. Yes. But but Beast Wars takes it further than, like, any other fandom from the – or series from the 80s. It's like, G.I. Joe – well, there's extreme, but that's not <laughs> as – it's not as extreme of a change as Beast Wars. Also, that died out rapidly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How did the multiple Ghostbusters series interact? Um, it was a direct sequel with uh, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Extreme. Oh, yes. yeah. Because, like, yeah, um, at least, I'm pretty sure Winston was in it. I think no, yeah, Ray Egon was, was regularly in it. And then no, there's Egon was a two, regular. Ray and then there's a two-parter where the three others show up, I believe portrayed by their original voice actors. Probably. Nice. Yeah, I don't even remember Venkman throwing up. But, yeah, it was a, it was a direct sequel set years later. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a pretty good series. But but again, that's only that only had the original cartoon, the movie, the mo- well, the cartoon was sort of a follow up to the movie, kind of sorta, and then and then it had a third series, so it was all one straight line. Whereas Transformers started with two lines that were really close with the cartoon and the comic, and then Beast Wars could tie into either of them or both. Yes, yes. or neither. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which sort of set us up for the possibility of like we can handle other continuities that are yeah, mm. which. Like nothing else really ever quite had. G.I. Joe's kind of gotten close, but even that's only got like five continuities, maybe? Yeah. The, the cartoon, the comic, the movies, the newer comics. Um, there are three sets of comics because there's uh, IDW, there's Devil's Do, and there's oh, the Marvel ones. I for, wait, yes. was Devil's, yeah, Devil's Do wasn't a tie into the originals. Yeah, it so was kind of vaguely sort of a continuity continuation of that, but I'm not sure if it actually was. Yeah. Actually, no, 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 I think you're right. I think it was a continu- 
continuation of the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And but then, then they're doing new Marvel stuff that doesn't connect with that. Yeah, it connects back to the original. Kind of like uh, Regeneration 1. Yeah, which... Except people seem to like it. <laughs> See, I'm I'm going to blame the way I mean we can partly blame the way Transformers got for the the original robots in disguise, which is the first one that started that clearly had nothing to do with anything else. I'm going to blame part of our acceptance for the whole multiversal thing on Michael Moorcock by way of Simon Furman. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you say that Robots in Disguise doesn't have a tie to anything else, but it does. No. It it does. It it at least ties jokingly into Beast Wars. Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also just think that as a more science fiction-y property, Transformers lends itself more to the multiverse stuff than G.I. Yeah. Joe. Well, yeah. Yes, because you can have them doing stuff in space and other places. Yeah, your fans are already kind of conditioned to accept that, whereas ah. there's a certain segment of Joe fans that kind of just wants Green Army Men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. there's an even smaller segment that just wants 12-inch tall Green it's Army okay, Men. okay, I believe we call those dolls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you put Sigma clothes six? on it... What is this? It's four inches too short. Oh, wow, I forgot all about Sigma 6. They don't have fabric clothing, or at least not enough of it. Okay, so G.I. Joe has more than I, more continuities than I remember, but it's still, like, less than half as many as Transformers has. Yeah. Transformers seems to have new continuities just whenever the heck it feels like it. About every five years or so. It, it also helps yes. that, you know, Transformers is successful and they keep making more stuff based on it. Yeah. And that probably so. helps too, yeah. Also, I just like mentioning Michael Moorcock. <laughs> of course. But he was very influential on Simon Furman's generation of British writers. Mm. Even though now no one's heard of him. Just that. I'm a huge nerd. He also has a very fun name. Yes. All right. Well, I I think that should wrap things up with uh, Double Dinobot and the the first half of uh, of the Beast, of Beast War season one. So uh, please join us next time for uh, the Spark. And when that episode goes online, there will be great joy. Yay! I'll be joyous. That'll be fun. It's a good one. Yay. Okay, so remember, you can follow us on Twitter at at StasisPod or on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And you can also now find us on Facebook at uh, just search for StasisPod. You and will, uh, you'll put the links on Icon Underground? Yes, somewhere. I will. Yes. And you can find our RSS feed at iaconunderground.net. You can also also find us on iTunes. Please uh, subscribe and comment on us there. Rate and review. We'd appreciate it. And we'd also like to hear from you. So if you've ever uh, been replaced by and or eaten your own clone, uh, please write to us at stasispodcast at gmail.com. Please fill up the Max Mail bag. We're tired of only being told that there are singles in our area. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and if you don't write to us, we might have to take up this uh, this Cybertronian prince on his offer. Uh, but where are we going to find that much Energon to send to him to get millions of Energon back? So much Energon, uh, we're going to be rich. what we could do with all those Energon cubes. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I guess they'd be good as night lights. <laughs> yeah. When you squish so them anyway. down, they glow. Alright, so until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Or am I? He is. <laughs> Pretty sure. Ah, delicious. Eh, you're disgusting. Like something, buy multiples. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, unless it's a house or something. <laughs> or it a is. car. Oh god. Yeah. There's well there's like four ways to leave my house. <laughs> <laughs>
the one way that leads to civilization and like three ways that go into the hinterlands and actually into the town that I'm supposedly living in because I'm on the border. And one of the roads out, there's this house at the end. It's sort of a ranch house, kind of big. It's not actually a trailer home. But in their yard, they have, I think it's a Ford Taurus. There's like eight or nine of them. Ford Tauruses? I think it's a Ford Taurus. It's, it's a car kind of like that. It, it's like an 80s, 90s car, all the same make, probably a re- reasonable, like, close years, just sitting in the lawn. Maybe they provided the cars for RoboCop. <laughs> I don't know. They're all mostly the same. They're like gray or white. They're all similar colors. It's just they're all sitting there. It's like maybe they bought a bunch at a police clearing auction or something. They're not even like cop cars. They're just regular cars. They're just sitting there. I I assume they're there for spare parts, but why? Must be. And it, it, what? I don't pass by there that often, but there's almost always like at least six of those things out there. It wasn't until like a few months ago that I finally saw a different brand of car there. And I've lived up here for like a decade almost. Maybe they're thieves boosting cars for parts. Maybe, because it's also kind of a shitty looking yard and house. And there's a few other houses around there that look nicer and are for sale. And I'm guessing because they don't like their neighbors. It's just weird. A lot of weird shit up here like that. Well, people have shit in their yards and garage sales that look like horrible, but that's just like the weirdest house because of all the cars. Yeah, whenever you talk about your uh, your town, it sounds like somewhere that uh, Scully and Mulder would visit <laughs> while oh my investigating God, yeah. like skunk ape, skunk ape attacks. I swear to God, that's one of the things I thought of when I first moved up here. <laughs> I I wish I was a filmmaker, an amateur filmmaker. Because this would be the perfect place to film, like, a Bigfoot movie. Because I live next to a state forest. There's a lot of open land. And as everyone knows, federal law prevents you from shooting a Bigfoot. (laughs) I hope so. That's actually, that's another stupid idea I've had. It would be fun to get, like, a Bigfoot costume and just wander around the woods. (laughs) Unfortunately, I know I'd get my ass shot. Yeah. Because I have neighbors that I hear every few months or so, like, target shooting in their yard. It's like, nah. It'd be funny, but I'd, I'd be dead. What you should do is dress up in a Bigfoot costume and then dress up in one of those safety orange hunting vests. <laughs> that would be adorable. I'll, I'll, and, and then somehow try and mimic the uh, the Patterson film walk. Oh, yeah, that's easy. I need to put, look, I need sandbags for tits. <laughs> oh. All right, so everybody ready for some uh, double Dinobot? 